0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Lake Flag, the aftermatch podcast for the LFC Red Poets. Tonight we look back at last night's superb Liverpool performance when they beat Chelsea 4-1 at home in the league to to keep their five-point lead at the top of the Premier League. I'm your host, Les Lawson, and I'm joined tonight by Pete Warburton, Ben Kent, and a big welcome back to Tom Keegan. So Tom, I'll start with you because you were still housebound last night, unable to to take your place on the cop as normal. And the team was named, you know, just after quarter past seven last night. And I think to say that, you know, we, I think we have to be reasonably shocked that, that Trent wasn't back in after him coming on the substitutes at the weekend. And it was another star for, for Connor Bradley. Supposedly, I was restored to to the midfield um with McAllister and Jones. And it was a, a front three of um, Jota, Diaz and Nunes. So what did you make of that team, Tom? Thought it was an
1: excellent side, Les. I thought it was it was a balanced side, wasn't it? I think defensively with with with, with Gomez and Connor Bradley, they give you I think the while well, you know you so you could say we lose a little bit from, from the attacking or well, as it turns out, you don't because Conor Bradley did did so well, but like you lose a little bit from your attacking thing with Robbo and Svenz. They, they also make you more solid as as a as a defensive unit. And I think I, I think so that that was worked out really well for Liverpool. I thought the midfield was a really balanced midfield. McAllister, I thought was really happy to see Bosley come back, and then. Um, also, like, with Curtis having another yet another start, I think that looked nice and balanced and, and, and spread out. I think also, I think up front, I think Josh has done more than enough to deserve his place in the last couple of, in the last couple of games. And that Diaz and, and, and Nunes was, was a shearing, really. So, and looking at the bench, even the bench looked strong, didn't it? Which, was, which was a good sign to see for the first time this season. Yeah, Pete. When you
0: when you sort of did your usual pen and paper trick um, the other day um, on Sunday, sorry, um, you had Elliot in the start lineup instead of Sir Bosley. I, I think we all had Trent playing. Um, so, what did you make of the the start eleven? Did you were you happy with it? I mean, you must have been happy to see you mate back Sir Bosley. High, um, and
2: um, yeah, he looked refreshed, didn't he? Yeah, I thought, um, I thought when we discussed it the other day, I think the fullback positions were the only ones we were a bit doubtful. Was with Trent and Rabo come straight back in, but um, but yeah, it was a well balanced side. And I don't know, it, it, was, it was like you say, I think the front with, with Mo being out of action, I think the front three picked themselves anyway, um. There's probably a case maybe the Gakpo could start instead of maybe Nunez. Well, I like to see Nunez on the flanks rather than in the middle, and and with Jota there, I think it's I think that's the best front three at the moment. But yeah, it was um, well balanced, and it was it was just that midfield. I wasn't too sure how he might have got the nod, but in the end he brought um, some Sober- Sober- back in. So yeah, it well balanced and. Um, as I say, we started the game like like we have the last few games, really, on the front foot. So, um, yeah, all in all, it was as expected, really. I was glad to see the two full-backs retain the places, to be honest, because I think both um, both Joe and Connor Bradley have deserved it. They've played out of the skin the last few weeks. And it gives it gives the likes of Robbo and Trent a bit more time just to build up. But there's nothing like match fists fitness obviously but it gives them a bit more time to build up and um and just come on and do little cameo appearance appearances
0: Ben, it was i mean i think i think on sunday i think we got 10 at the start and 11 right between us when we disagreed with Pete. i think the only one we we thought Trent would come back in for connor yeah. um which obviously you know What do we know? Which is why Jürgen is the best in the world and we're doing a podcast, I suppose. Um, But you know what I'm saying? It was, you know, after... Mm. Because Trent hadn't been out for that long, you tended to think that, you know, especially with it being a massive game against Chelsea, massively important, you tended to think that he would have got the nod to come back in. Um, But I think it's fair to say that that Jürgen made the right decision. (laughs)
3: Oh, he, well, he definitely did, didn't he? And it's just to be in a situation which we're in now where we didn't have Mo Salah, we didn't have Trent, um, we didn't have Robbo and a few others. um, we didn't miss any of them at all. Um, and Connor Bradley, I mean, Christ, where the hell do you begin with that lad? Um. You could argue he's been man of the match for every game he's played for the club. Um, so, yeah, can got it absolutely spot on. Um, the As the guys have said, the defence just looked really solid. Um, although I think Virgil was a bit lucky, to be honest, yesterday. I think as good as he's played this season, I think that was one of his more iffy performances, if we should say that. Yeah. Um, but no, like the uh, I thought Gomez was fantastic again at left back. He's been really impressive um since Andy Robbo's got injured and subsequently the Greek um got injured as well, didn't he? Um but no, like it was a solid team. Um absolutely no complaints when I saw it. A bit like uh, what Pete says, I was happy that Bradley Um, And Gomez retain the place just because they've deserved to. Um, I know Jürgen rotates the squad and rightly so, and that's why we're in the position that we are. And the reason why I thought Trent would start today is I thought Bradley was more likely to start against Arsenal than Chelsea just because of how he dealt with Martinelli and Trent has struggled against him. Um, But no, brilliant team, brilliant performance.
0: Tom, it was a good start from Liverpool, wasn't it? Right from the right from the first whistle. Um, you know, we looked we looked sharp, we looked ready. Every player looked looked up for it. And which you'd expect really. And you know, it wasn't long before Nunes had his had his first shot of the night. Um, who I thought, you know, I mean we'll we'll probably come on to it later, but I actually thought that if ever a man deserved at least one goal last night, it was him. Um, but yeah, it was a good start, um, and Liverpool played some really good football in the early stages.
1: Obviously, oh, it, was, it, was it was a delight to us, Les. you don't have them coming out at that pace, they just literally blew G- Casado and Fernandez out of the water. Didn't he? They from the way goal mm. and Conor Gallagher. We didn't allow them to settle. We pressed as soon as you know, like from the from the way it go, we moved the ball quickly. We you know exploited the spaces. We were pushing behind them. I thought Liverpool were brilliant in the first the first ten fifteen minutes. I was I was I was talking to our Michael, during the game on the phone. And I was saying you know, I said you know the only thing in the first in the first ten or fifteen minutes that that I was shocked that we hadn't scored because we'd literally we'd literally bombarded them, you know, you know, from the from the way go. We just looked brighter, sharper, quicker, you know, just just a far superior football team to them. And it's it's crazy to think, you know, they've spent nearly nearly a billion pound putting that team together, haven't they? You know, like and the this Liverpool side, with all the with the youngsters and a, a collection of clever signings, geez, you know, the, the gulf between the two teams is, 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 is cavernous, isn't it? Really. So yeah, I thought yeah, I think Jurgen yeah, got everything right, even to the even to the way he, he had them off from the start.
0: Yeah, Peter, our mate Paul Tierney was was on the whistle last night. And the first thing, one of the first decisions he gave was, you know, Chelsea went down. I think it was Conor Gallagher went down in the box looking for a penalty. He waved it away, uh, which I thought was the right decision. But to be fair, you know, Cheney doesn't usually need any sort of excuse to give the opposition a penalty against us. But this this time he, he waved it away. So whether it was the... I throw back to the last time he come to Anfield, where his his name was sang loud and uh, not very proud by the cop. Whether that actually got to him or not, I don't know. But certainly, you know, you'd have to say that, you know, I know we'll probably come to this later on. But that was probably one of the best performances we've seen uh, from from Paul Tane in Anfield.
2: Yeah, I mean, when that, when I was down, I'm down the other end from the cop end, so I couldn't, I have not seen a rerun of the game. So I don't know, Um, you know, how, how much it looked, the penalty. I thought by the look of it, I thought Gallagher was on his way down before there was any contact. And if that was the case, he maybe should have booked him. I don't know. But yeah, we were all astounded, to be honest, some of the decisions, you know, mm-hmm. in fairness, and I don't like to say in fairness to Tini because of what he's done to us in the past, but, um, I'm trying to remember which game it was, and he played the advances twice, a couple of games ago, a few games ago, and we scored. He scored from oh, barely away it was, when there was a foul, I think, on Nunes, and he let the play go on, and we uh, and he eventually scored. And for the second goal, when Endo got sort of sideswiped on the attack, and you know, he, but last night we were all astounded because he he tried to he tried to let the game flow in that. The only thing I was disappointed in, and it wasn't him, his doing, but after after our first couple of goals, they went straight to VAR as if they were trying mm-hmm. to look for something, you know. Yeah, but yeah, he, he he had a he had a good game, Tierney. So I think maybe he's after the cup final spot. We might get him again in the cup final. He might he might change his colours that day, you know. But yeah, I mean the start we made it was fantastic. It was slick. It was clever football. Little triangles and. Um, as I say, apart from that incident where Chelsea went up our end and and tried to like, you know tried to get a penalty, um, we were pretty much in control in the early stages, you know.
0: Yeah. So Ben, Nunes had two really good attempts in the early stages. One from the the right hand side, which the keeper just got a touch to, and tipped it on the bar, and then one from the the opposite side where he cut in. And the keeper made a good save and pushed it onto the post. Um, And again, he was—you know—he must be an absolute nightmare to play against for the opposition Mm. defense because he gives them absolutely not one minute's peace. And he, you never know what he's going to do. He's got all the attributes that you need to be a top center forward. And I think, you know, I think he's been, yeah. Like every striker, there's been a couple of occasions this season where you know, you say, oh, he should have scored that chance, just like with every other striker. But I think on a lot of occasions, he's been unlucky, where he's hit the ball perfectly and it's hit the post, or the keeper's made an unbelievable save from him. And last night, I thought he was absolutely brilliant all the way through. But those first two, two opportunities, you know, on another day, Yo, they, would, they, they would have gone in. He, he had another one, didn't he, just before, I remember, mm. where the ball bounced over and he tried to,
3: mm. to
0: lob the keeper and didn't quite get, enough know, on it. But he yeah. was a constant threat to them, wasn't
3: he? I thought he was excellent last night, um, bar the finishing, which is, the, the keeper did well for a lot of them and he was just unlucky with the others. Um, I mean, if he if he'd been clinical this season to the for the chances that he's a lot of them that he's created himself he'd be comfortably the top scorer in the country um and he's an absolute menace and I I don't want to say he's captain chaos anymore because I don't actually think he is um I think he knows what he's doing but the defenders just don't have a clue themselves and I think that's what makes him so good um he is a, he is unpredictable um and I'm I'm sure the goals will come. Um he does have that element of frustration, but fair play to the lad. He doesn't let his head drop. Ninety-nine percent of strikers in the world who missed the chances. He hit the he hit the woodwork four times yesterday, a record. Um, and I think he's hit the woodwork 13 times this season or something yeah. daft. It's nine more than anyone else, isn't it? Um so you know, even if half of them go in it it would reflect more fairly on the amount of goals that he should have had by now. Um but fair play to him, he doesn't let his head drop. And, you know, he did create a goal for Diaz, didn't he? Which I'm sure we'll get onto that. But ultimately that was a very decisive moment in the game that. Um and yeah, he was you could see that the Chelsea defenders didn't know what to do. Um just to mark him to to try and control him, they couldn't handle him. I mean, Thiago Silva has been a brilliant player, but he's not anymore. Like, he, he shouldn't be playing Premier League football at his age in that position. Um, and that's no slight on Nunes. Going back to Paul Turney, I'm not going to praise him the way he has. I think he's a referee, he should be getting decisions wrong. I thought he was crap yesterday, but he was crap for the opposition for once. Um, and I won't complain about that, but, um, I I still I am still baffled by a lot of his decisions. Like he booked Nunes, right for the on a free kick which he blocked, and he for me he was trying to get out the way. Like he's just you never ever know what he's going to do. I couldn't believe he didn't give the first penalty. I don't think it was. I was just shocked that he didn't give it. Well, that's uh, what I said.
0: Before, but yeah. It was like you know he doesn't really need you know an, an excuse to give the opportunity. Less that
3: that's why I was shocked he didn't give it. Yes. Like, because there was, was clear contact to, like, and to me, it was the other way been... around, it... the, no, but the other way around, I think a lot of us would want it. Um,
0: yeah, and what a... I would
3: say is if it was given, VAR don't overturn that. No, no, um, it don't so be. it would yeah. have been
0: a very, very soft penalty.
3: No, it would have been, but you could understand Tini giving it because of his record against us. Yeah, um, I mean, I've seen
0: it back because I watched the game back again. Hmm. And it was never a penalty.
3: Never. Well, that one wasn't. I think the second no, one.
0: No, well, we, we, we'll come to yeah. the second one. Um,
3: but no, I thought Nunes was really good. And like you said, for him not, he could have had, he, he legitimately could have had two hat tricks last night. And for him yeah. not to get one goal, it's just incredibly undeserving of the performance that he gave.
0: Tom, just after the 20 minute mark. We deservedly took the lead. Very good play by by Connor Bradley down the right-hand side. Plays the ball to Jottson. Jotts sort of does a bit of a Luis Suarez, really, and gets between two defenders. You know, the ball bounces up, and it was a lovely finish. And then again, we had the, the sort of specter of VAR looking to see if he'd handle the ball, and and you know to see if there's a reason for the goal to be a disallowed, but you know there was no handball. The goal was given, and we deservedly went one 0 up in the game. Tom, what did you what did you make of
1: the goal? Can I make can I make comments about Sandy first before I do that? Like, yes. I thought I thought what 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 we said about Sandy. I thought I thought he had a, a, an excellent game. I, I really I don't I would call him the worst referee in the league, but I don't think I think. I think the first one with Conor Gallagher. I think the thing of watching it on the TV gives you gives you a, a really good look at it, and I've watched that about six or seven times, eight times over. Overall, he was on the way down before he caught he he he, he caught Van Dyke. So he was looking for a penalty and Tierney was in a perfect position. He was standing right behind them, and he never give it. Whether we, I was surprised. I was surprised to be brutally honest that he, he never gave it because it's us. But he got it a hundred percent right that decision, and, you know. Like and John Brooks backed him, which was which which he would have done anyhow. But I thought that was a good decision, and also I, I thought you know regarding regarding Nunes, I agree with what 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 he was saying. I listened to Ferdinand at the end of the game talking and he, he he was saying that he said he'd hate to play against Nunes. He said he's a complete and utter nightmare to play against. He says he, he's like Suarez in many ways. And I was looking at you know like what Ben had, had talked about there Forth, I think he's just the post, the bar fourteen times. Tell you another stat he told you on on, on the comment seat last night he took more shots in a game than any other player. He took fifteen shots in in the game. Fifteen, which which fifteen shots on, on yeah, fifteen shots in on, on a game. They were counting it. It got to the, to the point where they were counting it. But the points, I, I, I had a little look at something just um, before I go to justice goal. But like I had a little look at something from two thousand and thirteen because my memory is not as good as it used to be. And in two thousand and thirteen, when Suarez first come. He hit the he hit Liverpool hit, hit hit the post. I think it was 30, 39 times in the season. We literally, what hit the post every part post and bar every game. With Suarez hitting it twenty three times. So, do you know? And he, he, he likened it. He said, "What do you do as a striker?" He said, "You're trying to you're trying to find the corners all the time." And I think that's what Nunes' problem is at the moment. He's trying to make it too precise, isn't he? And, it, and that's where he's hitting it. But I'll go to to Though Connor Bradley's first tackle was absolutely fantastic. Won the ball, totally won the ball. Drove forward and played a brilliant ball to Jota. As you said, Jota just jinked the way through between two defenders. I don't think the two defenders were expecting him to go down the middle there, Les. He got, he, he, he got a little bit of luck. And I think, you know, funny enough, the VAR looked at it, but they were looking at it. I think it hit the defender's hand first before and it hit Yotter's as well, didn't they? So Did it I, hit I his hand, Tom? No, did, I don't yeah. think it, it, it I did you know I watched it back. I watched he, it back. And he I showed it on it slow it mo- he slow he, he showed it on slow motion. It hit. it hit the defenders, it hit the defenders and it hit the hand. It hit both of them. And bounced down and that's why they dis that's why they didn't disallow it. He said he made made contact with both players. So he couldn't he couldn't call it off for that. But I agree with what Ben said before, or his Peter I think. He they were looking at every goal that we scored mm-hmm. for, for something, you know, like you know, which I thought was strange. Yeah, Peter
0: it was a lovely finish by Jots, wasn't it? And yeah, was it deserved later? at that time, and it, it sort of, you know, took a little bit of the, the initial pressure off, especially because, you know, ours was the later kick-off, and you know, most fans already knew you know, by the time we kicked off, that the 115ers were already you know, a couple of goals up against Burnley, so, mm. you know, you, you, it made it doubly important, really, that we we come away with the three points last night, and you looking at it. We had the more difficult game, so you know, it was it was a it was a lovely finish by Josh, he just continues his his recent really good form and shows how how important he is to us, Pete.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like you touched upon before. It was very Suarez-esque the way he just bulldozed his way through the number of times you see Livy playing one twos with defenders and stuff, and then and going on to score. So yeah, and. Just touching on Chelsea a little bit. I I know I was talking to my brother-in-law as we were walking down the ground and I said, the 17 points behind us, Chelsea. I said, but they've had a little, a little bit of a run lately. I said, I fancy a tough game tonight. You know, really do. But as I say, the start we made and like Tom said, the tackle from Connor Bradley and he wasn't, um, you know, he didn't want to pack in just by tackling and giving the ball away. He, he went on and, and and sort of, you know, Good twenty yard run with the ball and then into Jots and as I say he just bulldozed his way through to be honest. But he, he got that bit of luck. I think if he had it, even if it wasn't um intentional, I think if it had to hit his arm because he scored he would have he would have disallowed it and that's what we were worried about at the time. But um yeah fantastic and you could see on the faces of the Chelsea defenders they were they were scared you know not just because Nunes was running at them but the three of them with the pace of Diaz as well. And I thought Joss had all night played well running across the line. You know, he wasn't just central all the time and he was pulling defenders out. So, yeah, it was a a nice, cool finish at the end. He just just tucked it past the keeper and and we were one up.
0: And it was, you know, Liverpool sort of then sort of had control of the game, if you like. You know, they got the first goal, so they'd made the breakthrough and then it was a much of a case of right, Let's now settle the game down. There's gonna be more chances to come. And and you know, Chelsea had a little bit of the ball just after that. And then um Ben Shilwell got, got booked for a clear dive, you know, by Tierney in the in the cup end. I mean, Tom Daly would have been proud of it. And then right after that he did another one, which, you know, on, on the on the left hand side, you know, when he was up against Connor Bradley, and you know, again, you know, he he was lucky not to get a second booking, but then, not long after that, you know, the, you know, Connor then scores his first goal for the club, and what a finish it was! It was, you know, really good play by Louis Diaz, and there was a bit of a a sort of coming together, you know, between Chilwell and Jota, you know, just inside their half, which left a big space for for Connor to to run into, and what a finish it was into the. Into the corner of the net, superb, and you know, it was a goal that he suddenly deserved.
3: <coughs> yeah, he's showing Joe Gomez what to do there, wasn't he? Yeah, um, Connor Bradley, like I-, I messaged you yesterday, the night of the game, like he's just. <sighs> I've always said it like I've got a thing for fullbacks. It's my favorite position on the pitch. Going back to my favorite player who was still Rob Jones. Connor Bradley rarely reminds me about him, but he's done what Rob Jones never did for us in three games. He scored a goal. Um one of the most, if not the most impressive thing that I thought Connor Bradley did yesterday wasn't the goal, and it wasn't any of the assists. It was something that you've just mentioned. It was when Ben Chilwell, who I didn't think actually dived the second time, I thought you might have been going a bit over the top there for the the second one. I thought that was just a a coming together. But um, Connor Bradley turned to Paul Tini and was kicking off about it, um, saying it dived and obviously saying, what are you going to do about it? And for a 20-year-old kid making his third start, I think, for the club to do that against a team like Chelsea. I just thought it was really, really encouraging. Um, the way he just stood up and and did it. Um, but his goal. Um, was he actually slipped a little bit when he hit it, didn't he? But it was such a good finish; it didn't matter. Um, and the the best compliments I can pay him. Is We haven't missed Trent one bit. Um, and if you would have said that to me um, at the start of the season that Trent was going to be injured for a little bit, but you wouldn't miss him because a lad from the reserves, let's say, is going to come in and take his place. You would never would have believed it. I know he did well at Bolton and stuff like that, but even so, I think he's exceeded probably Jürgen's expectations, if truth be told. Um, Everything that he did yesterday was absolutely fantastic. Um, He looks a real, real player, to the point where I can't remember the last time a youngster came into the team and was this good, this soon. Um, Possibly it was Trent. Um, it probably was, but he just looks phenomenal.
0: Yeah, Tom. You know, it was so finished by Connor, wasn't it? You know, you know. I mean, I mean, even with your bad leg, it must have. It must have had you nearly jumping out of your seat when that second oh, one oh, went.
1: It was Just as Ben said, his standing foot slid a little bit, but it still didn't make any difference, did it? Like it. You know, like it didn't, it uh, didn't affect the accuracy of the shot. It was all almost, almost, you could say, like jedi desk The finish wasn't it? You know, like right into the, right into the corner. The keeper was getting nowhere near it. But you know what surprised me about him Les? I didn't know he was that quick. He, he's, he's got a lightning pace, honey. He? Yeah,
0: he has. You know, like,
1: you know, like mm-hmm. that really shocked me. You know, like yesterday, and I think it, it was, it was, it was the shock that when you know, like when he was running back and. Tracking back and you know like defending, he defended so well. But like when you when you got that much pace and you have got that much you're dribbling ability, and he's a natural fullback, isn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. at the end of the day, that's his natural position. Jesus, we found one there. Like you, you, you know, like incredible. to Dan.
0: You you sort of said there that just to intervene a little bit. It's funny you said. That he reminded you a little bit of it, you know the finish reminded you of know, a Stephen Gerard finish. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago when he first came into the side, if you remember, and he played uh, you know, a few games in like in the likes of the you know, the league cup and early rounds of the FA Cup, yeah. and I'd watched him play for the under 18s and under 21s. Right. He he reminded me of Stephen Gerrard in the the way the way he's built and the way he, the way he runs, you know, it yeah. and I actually thought that he'd actually he'd actually turn Liverpool and turn him into like a number eight. You know yeah. what I mean? And I thought that he would, you know, he would eventually, you know, become like one of the one of the two midfield players or or if they decided that they were gonna play four four two, it could be like, you know, a, a Jimmy Case, Sammy Lee, Craig Johnston type of of player the lad's got everything the lad has got everything he could i mean if you if you if you turn your mind back to the game on to the game on on sunday against norwich when said come on for a little bit connor did play as the eight you know what i mean so he's he's another player isn't he within the squad who who's versatile and can play in a number of different positions so he's gonna be he's gonna be an invaluable member of the squad for many, many years to come. But, you know, I, I'll i go back over to you now because you can talk about the goal. But again, yeah, it was just, it was such a supreme finish. Oh, dude, just
1: Leslie. I thought that, to be fair to that keeper, Pereira, I thought he was a decent keeper. He made some good saves there, you know. Like, and um, I thought, like, he was nowhere near it. He was, you know, like, and even his tenacity when he got there, he, he just knew what he was going to do. He, he never looked he was dead assured. He, you know, he's got some. I, I, I We've well, seen him last season when he come in. You know, not last season, or earlier on when he first come in, and you saw that he he was a raw talent. But you know what? There's an awful lot to this kid. There's an awful lot to him. He's got such such incredible potential. And it's it, it's frightening to think how good he come and such a tenacious player as well as he. You know, like he, mm. he never gives in. Tell you, yeah. as, as Ben said earlier, I think you know what. Yeah, I think you know, like you'd be loath to leave him out against against Martinelli because, do you know, like you know that he will play Martinelli well.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. Peter. I, I used to. I was going to say I used to watch him in the you know some of the academy games, and these I thought he was all. I'm still sort about Connor, by the way. Um, yeah. He was he was very technically good, but I thought he's he needs to beef up a bit. But I don't think he does. He he's, he's such a he is, he's not scared of going in for a tackle. And I remember when Stephen Gerrard first came into the team, he was all he was all spindly legs, wasn't he, and stuff. So you know there, there's probably time for him, but I don't think he needs to. He's so quick and he's so intelligent on the ball. You know, as I say, he's not just he's not just there to. You know, to, to give it short and let other people do the work. He makes the runs. He's not scared. And the other thing I mentioned to the lad next to me last night everybody in the team while they're on that pitch, they trust him with the ball. Mm. He just trusts him with the ball, you know, the pinging 40, 50 yard diagonals to him. And they just trust he's going to be good enough. And obviously, a bit later on, we'll mention uh, last goal. That came from a crossfield pass. But everyone's got trust in that lad. And such a find. And as I say, the only thing I was thinking is, I wonder if he might need to beef up. But I don't think he does. I really no. don't think he does.
0: So what was, what was the view of his finish like from the, from the main stand where you sit, Pete? Because you must have been quite in line with, with that.
2: Yeah, he was, I think he was just on the edge of the box when he hit it, wasn't it? As you say, Diaz, Diaz did some good stuff in the middle of the field. I think he turned and, and Fernandez or some one of the midfielders come away with the ball and just play them in. And when he faced this, I thought it might skew just you know to the side of the post, but it was right in the right in the corner. It was a fantastic finish. And um, I, I was just made up for the lad. I, mean, I don't think he could actually believe it himself. Such a such a really good finish. But um, you know we keep saying the p word, the potential. I mean he, he's a young lad. He's, he's got everything in front of him. That lad.
0: Yeah, Ben, it was, you know, Liverpool were firmly in control of the game then and Chelsea were looking really sort of lacking in confidence and, and feeling as though the right was on the wall. And then just before half-time, we get a penalty and upsets up, stepstar Star when it was a clear penalty. You know, the, the defender stood on Jota's foot and... Um, It was a clear penalty, upsets Darwin. It's a lovely penalty, but it's the blooming post. You know what I mean? And it's the first one he's missed. It's the first penalty he's ever missed. And it just sums up his luck, doesn't it?
2: You know, just just before you go to Ben, sorry to bust in, the the fella next door but one to me, as he was taking the ball on the spot, he said, don't hit the bloody post. Don't hit the post or the (laughs) the thing. And we played out with him because he said, you bloody brought that on. But I was, I was saying to them at half-time, trying to lighten the mood a bit. I said, we, we should make a flag, you know, for the cup final. I said, and it should say, um, Nunes hits the bar more times than, than um, Dean Martin, because he's hit, he's hit the <laughs> bar all the time. The number of times that lad hits the bar. Yeah. And it's not for, you know, not can for I once, just,
0: can, I, can I just say something there? Just an explanation for any younger listeners. Can you explain <laughs> to them who Dean Martin is, please? You know what I mean, because they'll be thinking, "Who did he play for?"
2: <laughs> yeah, he didn't play. He didn't play for anyone. Get on, get on them. Um, what's what's the things the kids go on YouTube? Put him in <laughs> the kids. And he, 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 he was all <laughs> Connor Bradley. There. Yeah,
1: yeah, he, he was, rap- rap- was all.
2: He was always singing, but he always had a glass of whiskey in his hand. And apparently that was just the stage thing. He wasn't he wasn't the uh, Elfie that he made out to be. But yeah, if he you make a flag, he do that. What's that, mate? A, he never drank. Hmm? He, he I know, it was all drink. a facade, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it was all a facade. Well, uh, anyway, sorry, Ben, I busted yeah. in on you there. No, no, it's ben. all right. It's,
3: uh, I was going to say, talking about people not knowing people, I didn't know after Chelsea team, you know. Honestly, like when they're bringing subs on and stuff, I'm like, who the hell is that? I have like, no idea who they are, where they play, or anything like that. They've just got so many players, um, just don't know half of them. Um, but it's easy to say um, we shouldn't have put Nunes on the penalty, but with Salah out, um, and we've had the debate on this pod a few times, haven't we, about who should be taking Liverpool's penalties, and. I think when it was given yesterday, um, we thought it could have been Virgil, could have been Subozlai, could have been McAllister, um, could have been Jones. Like, it it could have been anyone. Um, But I think Nunes was probably the right choice. It was just unfortunate. And uh, it's easy to say in hindsight, I don't think anyone felt that confident with him taking the penalty, even though he hasn't missed any. It just had that feel. Of the chances that he'd missed.
0: Um, um, don't say, don't say. I I was convinced he was going to score. No, Les, me, me and my dad went. Me and my dad. Me and my dad. You can
3: ask. You can ask my dad this. Me and my dad said to each other, "We're not this. We're not confident about it." Yeah. Um. It was just one of them, and thankfully, it wasn't decisive. And like I said earlier, the fact that he could do this, miss these chances, miss penalties does not affect them, like it just does not affect the lad. If anything, it probably spares him on. Um, and 99% of players, um, imagine like Michael Owen, for instance, if that would have been it, if that would have been him at, missing those chances in the first half, he probably wouldn't have come out in the second half. Um, the lad's just built of different stuff, um, but it was. I don't think he could have hit the penalty any better if he tried I don't know the rebound did it actually land in the penalty box or did it come out
0: yeah it landed in the penalty box right towards it? the end of the penalty box was than yeah. I think
3: um, it was but it, it, be, because because again because of where I sit in the car... I couldn't tell what happened. I knew it hit the post, but because it didn't land for so long, I just thought it went in. <laughs> yeah, um, I think
0: a lot of people did because yeah. you know, we, I think everybody's seen it the post, but we all thought it, it rebounded in for a minute.
3: Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, I mean, he, he sold the keeper, didn't he? He was just unlucky. Um, and it was a shame, really, because it was, it was about a minute before he blew for half-time, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. our first-half performance there justified at least to be 3-0 up. I mean, Chelsea just did not have a sniff in that first half. We absolutely just smothered them to death. Like, McAllister in midfield had, I think, his best game for the club. I know this is something that we've talked about as well. About
0: uh, Yes, yes, Ben, you've just brought up a, a, a conversation point that I was going to put yeah. to you in. You and uh, Pete tonight. We had a discussion the other week about about him. Um, yeah, but what I'll about... say, Les. What I'll,
3: what I'll say because I know yeah. exactly what you're going to say. You're going to say Ben and Pete, you were spot on there. Imagine <laughs> what the <laughs> score would have been if Endo was playing. And I agree, Pete. It, would, it Les, it would have been about seven-one rather than four. Yeah, <laughs> Mac, could, Mac could have been further up the pitch. Yeah, but he, in Mechanical. fairness, he
2: had a really he had a good game last well. I don't McAllister. think there was anyone in the, who had a less than half well, 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 out of ten. What i
3: say is, I mean, one of the first pods I ever did with you on the show was the one where we were linked with Kai Sado and we'd had the bid, bid accepted. And we all wanted him. Um, but looking back in hindsight now, McAllister's a better player.
1: And- I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I, I watched want. McAllister all no, of but the way No, 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 I'm not saying yeah.
3: that, I'm not saying yeah. that, Tom. I'm just saying McAllister is the better player out of the two of them. You know, um,
1: he, he, he's a dick, he, I know I listened to the pod when you were saying that and I, I was laughing to myself when I was listening to it and um, I, I think McAllister, is, what you're seeing with McAllister now is what, what, we, what he, he does for Argentina. He's just, he's on it, he's a different level. He's like Oh, my God. He's so far... He's so far... You've asked him to play a role which he's he's not probably used to. And now he's just fitting into that role. He's still going forward. He's still doing his six. But he's just... He's just... He's just an incredible footballer. He's a typical Argentinian footballer. He's brilliant. He bossed Fernandez Fernandez all over the pitch last night. He's like... just, just... Brilliant, but, but I love him. I think he's, I think he's the. I think he keep him fit at the end of the season. He'll be the key for Liverpool.
0: I just thought the way, the way, the way he reads the game, the oh, way he uses brilliant. the ball, how quick he passes the ball. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from Endo because you know in the month of December. And I know where you, you know, all joking aside. I know yeah. where you and Pete were coming from. Because, you know, when you watched Endo play in December when he came into the side after Maka got injured, you know, Endo performed to another level than we expected him to. Mm. And and then, you know, he, he then went off to the to the Asian Cup, having been named Liverpool's player of the month for December. But mm. since McAllister's come back into the side, it's as though the the breaks give him I'd give him the opportunity to to refresh himself. And analyze what was needed in the sixth position, and he's just come back. And you know, from the first time he come on a sub, and he played that through pass to Jota against Newcastle mm. when we mm. got the penalty. I think he's never looked back, and I think, mm. I think he's been absolutely superb. And you know, we that that performance reminded me last night of a name that we've been linked to and a lot over the last sort of few days was Shabby Alonso. Yes. If Shabby had the sort of played made a performance yeah. like that, you know, we as he as he often did, you would know, be raving about it. And I just mm-hmm. thought he was absolutely superb last night. But yet Tom, just can I just have your opinion of the at the penalty. Oh. That I just thought that you know the way I mean to be me all again, all joking aside, I did think it was a good penalty apart from Blubbing going in. And if you'd ask me again, I wouldn't back down and still say If there was a penalty next game and Salah's played, it'd much rather Nunes take it than Salah.
1: Do you know what? It's funny. Our Kevin phoned me at that, you know, at what's it called? And he said, I'd never let him take a penalty. I knew he was going to miss it. And and I said to him, do you know what? I said, apart from it going in, it was a brilliant penalty. You put it... He sends it the wrong way, completely the wrong way. He put it the furthest place away from it from the keeper. And it, yeah. it, it the post, it's just like and I was trying to explain to him, and he said to me, he said to me, sometimes he said, I can't even he said, you you, you defy logic. But I was I was being I was being sincere. And then I found out he took 12 and that was his 13th pen that less.
0: Yeah. He, he, he missed it.
1: <laughs> but um but I, I just thought, you know, like, first of all, I thought it was McAllister who was going to take it because he held on to the ball, didn't
0: he? Yeah.
1: You know, like, and I thought it was him who was going to take it, which I wouldn't have been, you know. But I, I didn't have gone it, it in. It would have done him wonders, I think, at that stage to go 3 0 in. I think he probably would have got a bag fill in the second half. But as, as, as the lads have said, it's of all the other stuff that he does. It's, you know, like, it was, I thought it was a I thought it was a lovely. Lovely pen, but unfortunate not to be a goal. But, Pete,
0: at half time we go in, two up, could have been three off, or... and then it was just more of the same, wasn't it? The start of the the second half with, you know, with Liverpool just continuing to push, to push, uh Chelsea back. Chelsea had made the, uh, I think, three changes at half time, but it didn't make any real difference to the, to the flow of the game, and you'd always felt it was just a. Uh, a matter of time, wasn't it? Before, before we got the third goal, and, and another, another brilliant goal that it was, and one that must have been very satisfying for yourself, seeing that it yeah. was your Bosley I, that scored. And it, to be honest with you, it was my favourite goal of the night. I, I like your had the goal me, and I just thought the way the move was, you know, the pass from, from Virgil from one side to the other to, to Connor, you know, the way he sort to. Control the ball and left the left the Chelsea fullback standing. You know what I mean. He he, he couldn't live with him. You know the pace yeah. of it, and the cross was just perfect. And suppose just that's a director on the goal, which he did, and it was a brilliant goal piece.
2: Yeah, he used he used the pace of the ball really, didn't he, from the cross. But I think before that, it might have been before. I think that Modric missed a bloody good chance for Chelsea. Mm. I mean, you know, it's it's the end that we're at, and. When um I think it was the the I think crossed it for him. I can't remember who put it in, but um we we just sat there thinking that he, he was going to score and he skied it over the bar. I don't even think it took a, a wicked deflection off the pitch or anything. He just it was, totally missed it. Was near the goal was it? Sorry. Was it near the What's goal? that? It
0: was nowhere near the goal. You know, no, he,
2: it wasn't he, even close. It just you know I think he shinned it or something. He just totally miskicked it. But, yeah, going back to the goal, as I say before, it was one of those diagonals that I think Virgil put out to, to Connor Bradley. And, like you say, he took the full-back on and just whipped the crossing. And I think all the Sobber's sub like had to do was get his head to it and, and direct it because of the pace that was on it. But it was a fantastic goal. And then you go three up. And, you know, like Tom says, you, you probably think you're going to get a hatful sort of thing. But then soon after that... um we made the we made the substitutions and okay i think four of us four lads came on at the same time didn't they and yeah. it just wasn't sort of, i think like like it's happened the last few games where we've made multiple subs we've um, we've regressed a little bit you know for a few minutes and we weren't on the ropes or anything but we just seemed to lose a bit of continuity in that when the four lads came on and it was only a, it was only a 2 or 3 minutes after making the substitutions that uh, Chelsea got a goal back.
0: Yeah, Ben, it was, I mean, when you look at the four substitutes coming on, you've got Trenton and Robbo and you've got Gakpo and Elliot. What four subs they are to come on and when when you're 3-0 down and you think, God, Liverpool are bringing on fresh legs now. You know what I mean? It must be a bit demoralising for the opposition. But then, as Pete said, it just took the lads a little bit of a bit of time to get to get in tune with the pace of the game because, you know, they needed to get the, get, get get into the rhythm, especially, you know, the likes of Trent and Robbo, more so Robbo's been out for a period of time. And it did give Chelsea the opportunity to, you know, to get back in the game. And, you know, to be fair to Nkuku, you know, he stuck the ball in well. And then, you know, they had another shot just shortly after that, which Ali made. It was a comfortable save for Ali. And then the incident you were talking about before where Nkonku went down in the box and again Paul he waved it away. So now you can discuss all them and say what you were going to say about that that penalty incident.
3: So I agree entirely with Pete. And when me and my dad were in the car on the way home last night, we both said exactly the same. I can't remember us ever, certainly in the league, making four substitutes at once. Um and when you think about it, it was two defenders, a forward and a midfielder. So the whole team was locked disjointed for five or ten minutes and it was only really the only five or ten minute stay like period of the game where Chelsea actually were the better team and I'll say that loosely as well. Um but just going back to that Mudrick chance before these uh, quadruple substitutions, he's absolutely crapping. Like if he didn't have pace, I just don't know what he'd have. And like the fact that they spent about 80 million quid on him. Add the... ten
0: million to that bet.
3: Yeah. You see the, the 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 amount of money they spent on him and he's awful. Like he's he's literally lightning quick, but nothing else. Um but anyway, who cares? Um but, yeah, it was it was a shame, really, because Chelsea could have been a lot closer to us um, than they would have deserved. And I can't understand how the referee didn't give that penalty um, on Nkuku. It, it was a foul. <laughs> um, Virgil was very, very lucky to get away with that one. Even I, if I
0: agree won. with you, Ben, yeah. but I think yeah. what I would say is, and this is where I agree with you, sort of, what you said earlier, I think what what as football fans, is really difficult for us to to sort of get our heads around and contemplate. Really, I I, I don't like this, by the way, because mm-hmm. I think it should be: is that the right decision or is it the wrong decision?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Not is it a, a clear and obvious error, mm-hmm. right? And I think had certainly give that penalty on field, it wouldn't have been overturned by VAR. But I think that it comes into the category, I think, just, just on the sort of boundary of it wasn't a clear and obvious error by the referee, because what they say is the referee sort of is feeding down the line, isn't it? What he's seeing. And then the the VAR sort of say, yeah, we can understand why you haven't given it's not clear, it's not obvious, so it's play on. And I totally agree. If that would have been if that would have been at the other end. I would have wanted that penalty mm. given, but I think, and it, it, it is no consolation when it it doesn't go in your favour. declared an obvious other thing, but that's why it wasn't given for me, and.
3: No, but well, Les, I, I, I'm I, not arguing with you. I just can't yeah. believe he didn't give it on the field. Definitely. Like We, we well, can well, talk I, about VAR all day, but the yeah. referees should be given that. But um, that's
0: what I was saying. Yeah. That's what I was saying before about Tierney was mm. he doesn't really need the second opportunity to give a decision against Liverpool. Mm. I mean, if you remember last season, in one of the games when Klopp got into trouble, I think it was the Tottenham game, mm. one of the uh, Tottenham defenders had Mo Salah around the neck.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, And he gave the free kick to Tottenham. Yeah, you know I, 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 that Get was up. when it was. Was that the game he pulled his hamstring, um, claw? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, um, yeah. I, but this this is what I, this is what I mean about Tierney. He's just a crap referee. Like, yeah, he, yeah. regardless of if he's crap for Liverpool or crap for anyone else, he just he gives decisions, and you think, how's he how's he come to that conclusion? And I'm, I won't pick on just him. Most of them are just garbage. Um, But, thankfully, um, it didn't affect us in any way last night for once, um, his inept refereeing. Um, But the substitutes, once they found their feet, were fine. But I thought for five or ten minutes, the team did look a little bit disjointed. Um, But I actually thought Gakpo was absolutely brilliant when he came on last night. I was so impressed with him. Um, His... Football intelligence. Um, it was... it was, And I'm not comparing him to, to this player, but it was very Bobby Firmino-esque last yeah. night, his performance, the way he came on, the way he was finding space in the channels, the way he was picking balls up in channels and just... Yeah, he was picking pockets of space everywhere and just turning on it. He, he was brilliant last night. Um, and... Yeah, like I said, five minutes in, we looked a little bit ropey. Chelsea got the goal and then, thankfully, we got one quite soon afterwards, which put it to bed. Um, But, thankfully, that was the only five minutes, five, ten minutes spell of the game where we were under any pressure. Tom, it was, I mean, I watched it back on telly again.
0: You know, and, and, you know, uh, Ali McCoy's, you know, said it was a penalty. I actually thought it was a penalty, but as I've said, you know, could understand why it wasn't given and you can give us your two penalties in the second. But not long after that, you know, lovely play by by Liverpool, down the left hand side. You know, perfectly weighted pass, I think it was by Gakpo. Robbo was bursting down there the left in, in 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 you know, as Rob loves to do. A lovely cross. I'm Ball me over, Nunes cracking header, the power on the header was unbelievable, and he hits the blooming bar, you yeah. know what I mean just, his, just summed up his luck on the night, didn't it, I mean he should have scored but when I, to be honest when I seen it on the telly, the chance he still should have scored but I don't think it was as much of a, a sitter as I thought it was when I was on the cop, because mm-hmm. there was a defender just in his eye line that he had to try and move the ball away from. But what a move it was, Tramon. what a goal.
1: Oh, it was. Brilliant move, Les. Well, and a great, brilliant cross by Robbo. But as you said, I think he caught it too well, didn't he? You know, he was coming in and he really caught it well. You know, it, it, it came off his head like a bullet and smashed, smacked against the crossbar. Probably, if he hadn't made such a, a decent contact with it, you know, like he probably, that would have probably, it would have been a, it probably would have gone in. It would have been a perfect goal, you know. But yeah. it just—it just sums the lad up really at the moment. It's just, you know, like um it, you feel that eventually it's all going to go in the, in his favour. But brilliant crap, brilliant. I thought even overall, I think the wing play up on both sides by when when Gomez went over there and then when when. Conor Bradley was over there. And then when Robo come on and when Trent, when Trent come on, you know, like all the play from down the flanks was brilliant, wasn't it? So all through the night, we stretched them all the way through the game with Diaz and, and everybody running the channels. I agree with what Ben said about, about Gatko. Very, very, very Bobby, Bobby performance when he come on. It's his movements and game intelligence. He reads the game really, really well. He's such a good, good, good footballer. Well, a great footballer. But like he's got so much to his game and a proper team player as well. But on the penalty, Les, I just, I have two two ways of looking at it. I thought it was a penalty myself, personally. I thought we I thought we got away with that one. But I, I think you know what might have gone in in again for 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 where Terney he was, he was in a great position to see it. You know, like he was right up there and he had a great view of, of what he saw. I think what you, what we said before, I said, when Gallagher was going to ground before, you know, with the first one and then you chill well, what you talked about earlier, dive for a penalty and then McCunkie goes over there and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, like, and to be fair to him, although Virgil did did touch, the, touch his foot, he he did fly through the air like he'd been shot, like you know. To be fair, so that might have worked against him on 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 the on the day. But I think to be like Ben and like Peter, I thought I thought it was a penalty. To be honest, that I wouldn't have been shocked if, if he did give it, and I think if it had been down our end, I would have wanted it. But um, as it as, as it happened, I, I thought like overall, I think I think Mister Tierney had a wonderful game.
0: <laughs> Peace. Not long after, um, you know, Nunes has hit the bar, you know, Nunes just shows what a what a really top top player he is. He goes down the down our left hand side, you know, make, you know, comes in from the centre, runs down left, a brilliant crossing, and Luis Diaz is there on the back post coming in from the right to to finish him and make it four one and, and put like a fair reflection on the scoreline. But
2: well, it was really good play, wasn't it, by Nunes? Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to remember because I might have got it mixed up. I thought Cody had a bit of a hand in that. I thought there was a bit a nice bit of interplay on the left-hand side and he just timed his run. All I've seen of, of the uh, game from last night is the actual goals on my phone. But it showed it and he just timed his run to perfection there, Nunes. And he got behind Thiago and then I'm not sure who the other defender is. Like, Ben, I, did, I didn't know most of the Chelsea team last night, but he he probably got caught napping a little bit on the back post and, and Diaz came in to finish it off. And it was well-deserved because he was another one who had a good game last night. Um, As I say, all of all the players had good games last night. There was no no one shaking the responsibilities. But, yeah, it was a, a good finish. And, like you say, it put a bit more of a respectable scoreline. We were that far ahead of Chelsea. You know, they couldn't really argue Against it as well.
0: yeah, Ben. And then, not long after, you know, uh, Jrgen made this final substitution, I'll uh, put Bobby Clark on and give Curtis a rest for the rest of the night. And then, Liverpool sort of just seeing out the game. And, you know, again, we looked dangerous every time we went forward. And I think, I think the Chelsea defense were just fed up of seeing Nunes run, 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 run and run them absolutely ragged.
3: Yeah, they they, they were. Um, he's like a Jurosil bunny, isn't he? he? Makes Andy Robbo look lazy. Um, but God, I've completely forgotten the point I was going to say. Um, going back to Nunes, I thought it was it was great that the the assist that he did for the um, the Diaz goal. Um, it was it at least he got something out of the game which his performance deserved um and it was it, it, the score line ultimately was a, f- a fair reflection of the dominance that we had i thought i was confident before the game the only part of me that wasn't was the fact that it was chelsea and we'd had seven draws on the bounce with them and there's been games where they've been better than us, but the majority of the games we have been better than them and we just haven't been able to break them down. Um, but it it felt like yesterday, as soon as we scored the first goal, um, that had been forgotten about. And I think the difference with this team now, this season is they just don't panic at all. Um, even when the four substitutes came on, um, and we conceded the goal, um, There was no panic. Yes, we weren't the better team for five or ten minutes, but there was no sense of, Christ, we're throwing this away kind of thing. It was calm, collected. Um, And even, it's a reflection on the manager as well, because even Jürgen's a lot calmer this year. His demeanour on the sideline is... More controlled than it was even last season when he was berating referees here, there, and everywhere. He's not doing that now, and it, it, it reflects on the team as well. Um, whether that's just a realization that he's because he's decided he's going to go, um, I don't know. Maybe the pressure's off a little bit more from, from that. Um, but this the, the team's performance last night was exceptional, and it, it doesn't matter who comes on, like Bobby Clark looked really good when he came on yesterday. There was a few things where he was going down the channels and he he doesn't look um, like, I think he's 18, isn't he? Um, yeah. He doesn't look like an 18-year-old and it must be an absolute joy for any young player to come into this team now. Um, I mean, Curtis Jones is still a young player. He's just experienced. Uh, he's 23, I think, and what I would say about Curtis is that lad needs a song, um. You know, I, I I sort of feel a bit sorry for him now. Like, uh, you know, the, there's the song about Trent being the scouter in the team, but we've got two. You know, Curtis Jones is a first team player. I think he is in our first in our strongest eleven. Um. So we've got two scousers in the team, like we did with Carragher and Gerard, um, and you know Connor. Uh, Bradley was getting his name sung a lot last night and I don't think I've ever heard Curtis Jones um get his name sung on the cop and I think that lad deserves a, a song now. Um but he was excellent last night as well. Like the the whole team I know we'll come on to this. Um but there's no passengers. There's absolutely no passengers and that's what makes this team so exciting. And when you look at the the average age of the players, you know, besides Ali. Veg, and Mo they're all mid to early 20s and it's frightening Um, you know this team has got the potential to be one of the best Um and I just wish the manager wasn't leaving but I mean, I'm not going to dwell too much on that I just enjoy him while he's here Um but whoever gets the job from him is walking into one of the best jobs in football uh, so yeah it was, a, it was a good end to the game last night
0: Tom, so I'm going to have a little bit of a discussion point in the minute, but if, before we get to that, I would just like to ask you, and I think I know the answer, but who is your player of the match?
1: Oh, do you know what? As it's, it's 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 every single player was who was, was eight or nine out of ten last night. You couldn't you couldn't pick any anybody like I thought. McAllister Canate played really well, you know, like was McAllister was outstanding. Well, like you could, you couldn't go any further than Connor Bradley, could you? Had two, two assists and a goal. You know, like just overall, I just thought Connor Bradley all night I thought, for me.
3: Ben, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to pick anybody but Connor Bradley, um, and I think you'd be a madman to do so. Um, I think Connor Bradley has been man of the match every game he's played for Liverpool. Um, he was just exceptional last night.
2: Pete, are you going to be a bad man or are you going to go for Conor Bradley as well? Well, my Hungarian mate came back, didn't he, last night? And <laughs> I as much put him, as, on mute, as, put him on mute. As, as much as it was made up to see him, you've got to pick Conor Bradley. He was absolutely fantastic. And like Ben said, he's probably the man of the match in every game he's played. And, and even that little cameo when he came on at Arsenal in the Cup, yeah. you know, for 20 minutes or whatever, he was fantastic. So, yeah, Conor Bradley... But it's all round play, but especially for the finish for his goal as well. But I'd like to mention Joe Gomez as well. Um as 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 uh, Tom said, they were all eight and nine out of ten. But isn't it funny, yeah, uh, we didn't see much of Raheem Sterling on that wing. Joe had him tied up all night, didn't he?
0: He did. I totally agree, please.
2: You know, I I think as you've all
0: said, you know, everybody was at least an eight. There was some nines out there last night, but you know, and, and you know, you could have you know, and it's great, isn't it, when you could give the man of the match to a number of different players, but you know, to fall out, it has to be Connor Bradley. You know, two assists in his first goal, defensively sound, used the ball well, couldn't go anywhere else but to give it to Connor. So he's got, he's got all four nominations tonight, right? Just a, just a quick, a couple of quick discussion points um, that I thought might be interesting. Something I don't. The Anfield rap when I was listening to that after coming home after dropping Jamie off last night, and um, one of the lads was saying on there, you know, and it just and it did get me thinking as I was driving. home. Oh, he actually said, "Oh, Liverpool a better team without Mo Salah." And what he what he said about that, and I'm gonna to go to I'll go to you first on this, Tom. What he actually said was that he said, and he said a lot of you will uh, I'll be. I'll be absolutely really shocked and say what you're talking about but he said let me finish so I'm going to come and I thought it was really interesting what he said was he said when Mo's playing he said Liverpool tend to just look for him all the time and there's sometimes players in better positions but because Mo is there on the right they'll give him the ball whereas when he's not playing all the other players are taking more responsibility and the, the 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 team seems more free flowing, so your views on that, Tom?
1: Yeah, there's good points you couldn't really argue. I think I think we used the word I've used the word and a couple of the lads have used the word today. Balance. I think I think with the team looks really balanced, doesn't it? And well, you know, like working hard as a unit. Not that Mo doesn't work hard; he works really hard, and he gives you the quality. And I think i think it'll be, be a brave man or a brave manager to drop him and not play him in in the side but it's like i understand what the lads were saying and it's it's a great discussion points i think i think as i think let let us put it this way i thought jota diaz and uh, and nunes worked really well as 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 a three forward attack you know perfectly the they all interlinked. They all worked off each other. They were all finding space. They were all changing places. So, yeah, it worked. And sometimes with Mo, there he becomes a focal point, doesn't he? Where, you know, but maybe, maybe this will be. You know, we, we were talking about earlier on in the season that Mo was a bit like he was not under. He was on no pressure on him for his position. Now he's got a little bit of pressure. So my, maybe you might see Mo go back to being. You know, less less greedy in front of goal and more a team player. But you know, but I don't know. It's it's a it's a good point.
0: Okay, Tom. Let let me just take. I'll do this with the other lads as well. But I just want your answer first. Then, Um if Mo is to come back into the side when he's fit, which one of the three of them do you leave out?
1: That's that's the thing, isn't it? Well, we used to have this conversation. People used to say, "Oh, Giotta." You know, like he doesn't do anything but score, but he's added he's added grafting to his to his game at the moment, and he's he's more balanced. But he'd be the, he he'd, be the, he'd probably be the one who's more likely to drop out. But um, to the bench, if, I would if you, I would if, imagine. Is that who you would leave out? Is it's I, I it's wouldn't. I I no, I wouldn't leave. See, do you know what I believe, Les? I believe like like what he used to, what Shanks used to say on Paisley. If you've earned the right to play in the team, then you've earned the right to play in the team. Like what we were talking about with Joe Gomez the other week. You know, like why should Joe drop out because because Andy Robinson's fit? Do you know what I mean? When he's when he's been solid and everything. He, you know, like that. That's the thing about the team ethic, isn't it? About there's there's lots of games for these players to come in and get games between within are in four competitions still. So I I would be I'd be surprised if, if if he leaves Mo out, to be honest. But that's that's not me personally. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah,
0: yeah, you're sort of sitting on the fence there, Tom. You've no gone money, all the way around Les. the world. You've got all the way around the world. You sounded like you sounded like Rishi Sunak at PMQ, yeah. I've asked well, you will you answer? That? And I'll try again as Claire Starmer would say. Come on, will you answer come on. the question? Yeah, come on. If it was you, who would you, which one? If you're gonna bring Mo back in, which one of the front three will you leave out? And I I've only just, want to name off you.
1: I've just told you, Jota. You
0: didn't you didn't tell me, you just no. said it would and I said, So Jota's the one you would leave out. You said
1: no. Yeah, I'd leave Jota <laughs> out. Oh thank you, if, Tom. If, 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 if Mo comes back.
0: Right. Okay. So Ben, please don't be like uh, Missy Sunak. What
1: What's your view Don't call the... me him. Don't <laughs> call me
0: him. What What's your view on the on the whole situation where that discussion point? Are Liverpool a better team without Mo? And if he is to come back, which one of the front three would you leave out?
3: I think anyone would be crazy to say Liverpool are a better team without Mo Salah. But the thought has crossed my mind that not the exact point of, are we a better team? Just the point we have not missed them. And the other players have definitely stepped up since he's been away. And there's certainly, there is certainly an argument that where Mo is in the team, more often than not, players are looking for him. And that was the problem that we had with Gerard <laughs> in the team as well. Um, every other player was always looking for Stevie. Um when there was be- when there was other players in better positions, and you can understand why they were doing that because he was the best player in the on, in the team. But I think, I think it would be a very, very brave man to be the Liverpool manager and not pick Mo Salah. Um, and I won't be as, I won't have splinters in my backside like Tom. I I will say if Mo Salah comes back into the team, Diaz is the one to drop out. Um Ooh. because. Um, he's a good player. He's he's a very good player, but you get more goals out of Jota than you do Diaz. Um, and everybody, you all know how much I rate Jota. Um, he would always be in my team. Um, so yeah, it, it would be Jota, Nunes, and Mo. And the beauty about that, those three can play in either of the four positions. You can play Nunes on the wing. You can play him centrally. Um, Jota can do either. And Mo is Mo. Um, you know, give him the ball and score, won't he? Um, so, yeah, for me, Mo Salah does get back into the team. But like I said earlier, it's brilliant to be in this position. You know, we've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, one of, if not the best fullback in the world. And there's no rush now to bring him back in. Like th- There's no pressure to play him on Sunday. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't play on Sunday. But if he's not, it's not the end of the world. And exactly the same now with Mo. He's injured, um, which is very unlike him. Um, and that's part of why he is such a good player. His injury record is phenomenal. Um, but when he does come back from injury... There's no there's no need to throw him straight back in. We can ease him back in. Um and it's it's in, we're in a very good position. Pete, come on, give us your two pennies worth, mate. I'm
2: probably on the side of Ben there. I think out of the three. I think um I think it'd be Diaz who would miss out. But uh also I think like Ben said, I wouldn't bring uh, I wouldn't bring Mo Salah straight back in. You can ease him in. You know, there's no there's no need for him when he gets fit to just put him straight in. And and as much as we'd hate to say it, somewhere down the line for the rest of the season, one of the other three lads are either going to get injured or whatever. But so there'll be yeah. an opportunity somewhere down the line for Mo. I mean, I don't know what the ETA has on him coming back. I don't know how many weeks he's going to be out. Well, he's running um, again.
0: There was videos yeah. of
2: him running again at Mal-Are, the axe before. So, and he chipped it out. He chipped it out, aren't he, no? Yeah. Of, yeah. of the cup, so he won't be going back there. So we haven't got to rush him back. Uh, I agree with Ben, we haven't got to rush him back into the team as we haven't rushed um Robbo and, and Trent. And we're in a really healthy position. Yeah.
3: And, and you know, Gakpo.
2: no, no, he's another, he's another he's another, option up there. And like you say, he came on last night, he was he, he, really good, you know. Mm. So, um, but if it, if it was to happen and you said, right, Mo's got a share. Who's going to dip out? I think it would be Louis Diaz. Not that I want that, but I think that's who it would be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. If, you know, it, it is a really interesting discussion point, and I do think that the forwards have looked a little bit more interchangeable without mowing the team. Um, I think they've all they've all switched positions. If you look at the, if you look at the goal last night that that Louis Diaz scored, you know he started on the left last night. Nunez started the centre-forward. Yeah, when we scored that goal, it was a cross by Nunez on the left and Diaz was coming in, you know, with the back stick, you know, to, to put the ball in. So they've all been really interchangeable. It's I totally agree with what you're all saying. It'd be a brave man, you know, to not pick Mo Salah from the start when he's fully fit and available again. But it doesn't mean that, you know, the. If things aren't going well in the game and Mo's not having a particularly good game or what have you, you, know we now know that we've got the tools there to be able to 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 do a different plan and, and sort of you know, change the front three and have a front three without Mo. But yeah, if it come to me and Mo did come in and one of them had to be left out, unfortunately it would have to be Louis Diaz for me. So I think
1: he's the only one who gives you natural width though, Les. I think he's the only one who gives you that a wit, and he's also also he links up well, really really well with Nunes. The, the he's on thing, the same sort of. You get more out of out of Diaz, with Nunes uh, in the side. I think they they're far. I think
0: I think Jotter and Jotter and uh, and Nunes link up really well as together do, as well.
1: They do but I think overall in a game where you were in a tight game. Or what's it called? I think Diaz is a. Is a I think Dia, Diaz is a better option than Jota. I think Jota is a better finisher. But I think I think overall, I think I think Diaz is a better footballer than Jota. Uh, yeah,
0: I'd, I'd have Jota. I, I, I just think Jota's took his game to a new level since he come back mm-hmm. out of from injury. I just think his all round game has improved massively. I mean he turned the game against Bournemouth the other week when the when yeah. he him to the right hand side. You know what I mean? And I think that I think that switch give give Jürgen, uh, you know, some some sort of different options there. You know what I mean? And it and sort of cause they they have been they have been swapping a lot, but Mo will be back within the next few weeks. So it'll be into interesting to see. Do you know what's great about it, though?
1: What we were talking about, the best five forwards in the game. Yeah. You know, like, you just talk about Gapco as if he's not, you know, like, he's not even in consideration. But, like, um, well, every one of us is saying about an intelligent, brilliant football it is. You know, like, two are going to miss out. Two are going to be coming off the bench all the time when all three, are, when all five are fit. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a great problem to have on all scoring goals as well, so... Fascinating. Ben,
0: just another quick thing on the balance of the side. I thought the midfield last night of McAllister-Jones and Sir Bosley High was probably our best midfield, and that's what I'd like to see. You'll play as many games as possible together between now and the end of the season.
3: I think you're probably right. Um, maybe I will admit defeat on the end, though first choice number six although I still think we did play incredibly well with him as number six and I, there's there's going to be times when he will play the number six and I don't think he's going to let anyone down um, but yeah from a balance point of view we, we were saying a half time yesterday um, McAllister now he's not getting caught out the way he used to do when he first came to the club when he was adapting to the role where he was getting caught on the turn just doesn't happen now. It's not to say it won't, but it's just not happening. Um he's such a good footballer. Um he's got the tenaciousness of the South Americans. You know, he he's got that trait in him. He'll put in a tackle, he doesn't shake out, to be fair Endo doesn't either, but McAllister won't. Um and he's got just a brilliant footballing brain. He, I know I think was it it was you, wasn't it, Les, that said he was like Alonso. He's almost like a hybrid between Alonso and Diddy Haman. Um, the way he plays that role now. Right? He, he does remind me of Diddy Haman. Um, who was a great player. Um but yeah, and like I still think isn't up to the speed yet of what he was um a couple of months ago, but he, he did play well yesterday. Um but he is finding his feet again. And I do think yeah, again, will rotate that midfield. Um, I do think was Gravenberg even on the bench yesterday. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah. so the, you know we'll get minutes. I think Jones is a guaranteed starter. I think when he's fit, he gets in that eleven. Um, so yeah, it was wonderfully balanced that midfield. That. They're just so unselfish, like the like Curtis Jones must run more than anyone. Like his covering of the pitch is just ridiculous, and so is lies as well. Like it's a very underrated trait that something that you don't notice. I think it was one of the. Um, I think it was it Real Ferdinand. Or somebody, um, it was one of the pundits anyway, and he said, I don't get the hype for lie and I hope Pete didn't hear it. Um, but you have to watch him to see what he does because he set the world alight when he first came, and he has dropped off a little bit since. But he does a lot off the ball, which you don't notice as well. Like he, he covers the space, and his distribution yeah, is I, great. Can I just interject there yeah. a
0: minute? Yeah. Just yeah, what you're on. saying about he's dropped off a little bit. You know, something i got. Maybe he hasn't dropped off as much as we think he has because what has happened is whereas he was sort of, his level was sort of well above the other midfielders and we hadn't seen him before. I just think that since the start of the season, the other midfielders' levels have improved. So when you're watching him play, there's other players now that it's catching your eye more than what he was. And I know, I know what you're saying, mm. but I'm just saying, it's yeah, dropped, it, it, it has dropped, but I don't think it's dropped as dramatic as right. I think it,
3: it's I think it's probably somewhere in the middle of both of those arguments because I do think he's not as proactive maybe with the ball as he was for the first month of his Liverpool career. Um, but that will come back, like I mean, again, he's a young lad, isn't he? How old is he? 20,
0: 23, I think.
3: Yeah, so he's the same age as Curtis Jones. Um, he's one hell of a player um, and that midfield last night was great um, it's it's so refreshing to see a midfield because we just didn't have one last season um, so to have one that can control a game the way it does is just brilliant
0: Yeah, Pete, it's, it, it's really refreshing isn't it, you know, just before we I ask you to sort of see what you've come up with for your for your start level for the big game on Sunday it's really refreshing isn't it because I think even in the season a couple of years ago where we where we were going for all four four trophies if it was still like you know you were on a knife edge weren't you about you know if you get if you get an injury here or you get an injury there you know it could derail us and when you think that you know we've been without Robbo for four months you know Trent has missed you know this is the second period of games he's missed through injury you know Without without Mo Salah, who's been away at the AFCON, without Endo, who's now at the Asia Cup, you know Thiago and Bajatic have hardly kicked the ball this season. We've lost Big Joel Matip for the rest of the season, and you've had kids come in, from, you know, from, you know, who nobody was expecting to reach the levels that they have done. The likes of Kwanzaa, you know, R. V. Elliott has improved. You know, Connor Bradley's coming over the last sort of few weeks and is setting a remarkable standard. So it does show, doesn't it? that you know the the squad the squad is a much better squad than what that squad was that nearly did uh, you know the quadruple a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, it was always the way, like when um when one dropped out you were always a bit anxious about how whoever came in was going to sort of fill that gap. But like you say, you've just rattled up all those names there. And you, you just, it, it's not nice to see anyone lose the place in the team through injury or stuff. Um, But you're just confident in anyone who comes in to do that job. And like you say, we've got Mo coming back, Endo coming back, hopefully Bacchetta coming back and, and Thiago and it should all point the way that we're going to have a really strong finish to the season. Um, And just, just touching on the midfield again from last night, Um, I think a lot of, some people who watch the football, they just watch midfielders well, they just watch any footballer when they're actually in possession of the ball and they don't appreciate the work that's done off the ball, and I thought all three last night were absolutely fantastic, those three midfielders, with and without the ball, and the closing down and and you know, they they were like the springboard for us to to have such a good start to the match because they were just Harry and Chelsea. I don't I don't remember a Chelsea player in the midfield having any time to think. He got the ball and there was there was red socks and, and and boots snapping at the heels all the time. So um, yeah, you know, it was it was a fantastic display. But yeah, we've got like players who are going to come back. And as I say, it's not something you want to talk about. But somewhere down the line, we'll pick injuries up and stuff. But you, you just know now we've got the depth in that squad to 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 overcome it. Whereas you know the 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 squad that you know we went so close, they they were just worn out. They were absolutely worn out. And I think there will be some rotation certainly before the end of the season. Um, I'll let you know what I think my team will be for Arsenal when you ask me. Okay, Tom, can I just come to you quickly <laughs> on that one.
0: If yeah, you remember, course. if you remember a couple of years ago you were down really, weren't you? To, to picking a midfield, and it would either be, you know, Thiago or Naby Keita in midfield. You know yeah. what I mean? With Henderson and Fabinho, it was it was, it was always it was always three those four. If you see what I mean with James Milner as the, you know the player that the clock would like to come on after about seventy-five minutes to, to help you close the game off. But now, you know the the squad has got you know, so much depth in it. And, and you know, as we said before, you've got the situation now where you've got players can, can you know, can can play in multiple positions. So you've got, like, Joe Gomez now who's played right-back, centre-back and left-back this season. You know what I mean? And we've spoke before about, you know, how we could do with the Steve Nichol. You know, he's even gone into midfield at some points and looked comfortable in there. So, you know, uh, Joe Gomez is doing that. You've got Trent who could play at the six, You could play at the eight. Conor Bradley now can come in and play at the eight. You know what I mean? And and there's so much more balance and depth about the squad, isn't it? Tom? Yeah.
1: You can take anybody out and put anybody in. It wouldn't, we were talking about, you know, like Curtis is a shearing for, 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 for Sunday. I'm not so sure, you know, I think if, I think he could play Trent in midfield on on on. on, on so if Trent Alexander Arnold is a hundred percent fit, he, you have to find a place for them somewhere in the team. For think he, he won't
3: be no. Uh, yeah, no, 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 for, no, we will. That, no. That's my team anyway. I've no, already wrote it. I've already written it down.
1: He won't come in for. for Sub will He'll play. He, I think he'll go. If he, I think he might. Uh, I think you you might be shocked with Curtis Les. I think he might leave Curtis on the bench if if Trent is hundred percent fit and play Trent in midfield. And um, again, it's there's no drop off if you if you're gonna if you, if you bring Trent in to to play in the midfield role for Curtis. There's no drop off from from Trent to Curtis or from Curtis to Trent. It's like Trent, is, Trent is, is a top, top, top world-class footballer. Nobody, you know? nobody, nobody's arguing
0: with that. Nobody's
1: disagreeing with The points I was making is that, you know, like it's just finding what we were saying before, the magic word, wasn't it? Balance who yeah. Jürgen yeah. thinks will be the best. Because you know that Arsenal have got, they've got a combative midfield and they've got a mobile midfield. So you're gonna look for a player. The three you look at the three midfield players. who gonna you're gonna do the job. We might it might be made easier by or not made easier, made harder. If if McAllister's took a knock, we don't know. It's only he said it looked like a dead leg or knee on knee. But yeah, I, it's gonna be fine. I'm hoping he's 100% fit, but it's gonna be a fascinating to see whatever team we put out. Against Arsenal, I think we'll be a thousand times stronger than we were in the FA Cup against them. Go on, Pete. Give us your give
0: us your words. Go of on, wish
2: Peter. I've actually believe it or not, apart from one position, I have picked the same team as last night. Mm. And the one position I've got a query on is what we've just spoken about. If Mac is not a hundred percent, I put Trent there. But apart mm. from that, I picked the same team. I think Bradley played so well against them um, Arsenal. Um who's the lad Martinelli? Yeah. And I think Gomez will play well against Saka. And I just think it gives the likes of Trent and Robo just a bit that bit more time. They must be fit because they're on the bench. But um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll be in a strong position and they can come on for the last half hour, the last twenty. So I've more or less picked an unchanged team unless Maka's unfit in which case I put Trent in Okay, Ben.
0: What I take it you've gone for for what you were saying, you've gone for the same team except Trenton for, Trent yeah. for Bosley, I yeah
3: yeah
0: right okay, and I think think you've got Trenton for Curtis Tom
1: yeah
0: I've got well we'll all have to, we'll see who's right because I think that midfield the played yesterday should be kept together I think it's our best midfield and unfortunately you know for for Connor I think Trent will come in for Connor um and I think that will be the team. So, it will be interesting to see come um, at past three on Sunday what, what Jürgen comes up with. But, yeah, suppose there's no injuries. That's what I think he will go with. And I think Connor's going to be very, very unfortunate. But that's what I think. There's no
3: happen- way, no way he drops Connor Bradley. OK. No well, chance. We'll, we'll see. No chance. We'll see.
1: We'll, we'll, Could we'll, be we'll a... As I said, we'll be a stronger team than we were in the FA Cup against them. They were yeah. more or less full strength. They left Martinelli on the bench. did need for the um, mm. yeah for, for, for yeah. the first game, but other than that, they were full strength.
0: Yeah,
1: whereas we were like we were stretched to the limits. Mm. So yeah. I think we'll go with a much stronger team. I think yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating, isn't it? You know, like be interesting to see how close Mo is from fitness. You were talking about four weeks at first. He was going to be off for four weeks. I, I,
3: I don't think he's anywhere near the team, Tom. I don't think so. Yeah. I, th- I think he's got another two weeks out. I think he'll be
0: back. I think the, the earliest we can have him back will be for Burnley. That's Burnley, what I've I think.
1: Yeah,
3: that's
0: mm. what I think.
1: So but there's a couple of ga- couple of games coming up, isn't it? It's going to be fascinating. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so go on, Tom. Seeing that you were, you were speaking, then you can give me the the first sort of prediction of a score for for Sunday?
1: Um I'm not sure of the score Les but I think I, I think Liverpool will definitely win. I'm a hundred percent I'll go for I'll go for two one for it. It wouldn't surprise me if it was more. Okay, Pete.
2: That's all I had written down two one for Liverpool Liverpool
3: obviously. Okay, Ben. I'm gonna go for three one. Three one
0: and I'm gonna go for two nil for the Reds. So let's hope that we're all right with a, with a prediction of a, of a Liverpool win, which would put us 11 points out of Arsenal and keep our lead at the top to a minimum of five points because City don't play until the Monday. So on that note, we'll end this edition of the LFC Red Poets podcast, Late Flag. And as always, I'll end it by saying don't fight the sun, justice for the ninety-seven. And you'll never walk alone. Thanks to Tom, Pete and Ben for joining me, Les Lawson, tonight. And until next time, see you soon.